Good morning. Turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Now, as you guys know, my brother David works for FPL, and whenever there's anything brewing in the tropics, there's a whole fire drill. So he called me on on Friday afternoon and said, hey, I'm going to have to work on Sunday. And so um, it kind of fell upon me. All the others got together. We cast lots, and it fell on me. (laughs) And um, by his grace, we're going to go through this passage. I've had a little more than 24 hours to look at it, but I will tell you, it's... It's never a burden. It's always a blessing to be delving in his word. And so uh, it, it may not be polished, but it's his word. His word does not return void. What I say can be cast out. So humbly, we look at his word. Let's read Acts chapter 14. Verse 1, it says, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. And so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and of Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part sided with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews and their rulers to abuse and to stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding regions. And they preached the gospel there. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voice and said in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garland to the the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitude. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran amongst the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them who in a bygone generation allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness. And that he is good. He 
gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these, th- and with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitude from sacrificing to them. Then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitude, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing he was dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went in the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they had preached the gospel in that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch, and strengthened the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed, uh, and after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they, they went down to Adaliah. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. May the Lord bless the reading of his word this morning. So just a couple introductory thoughts before we we delve into this amazing passage. Number one, I, I don't know I don't know if everybody caught it, but but this is the first missionary journey done by Paul and Barnabas. This is the first time that that that, that two were gathered together in in this in this beachhead of a, of a church in Antioch of Syria, and, and there this mixed church of both Jew and Gentile were were blessed by the ministry of both Paul, Barnabas, and three others. And the Holy Spirit, as a brother uh, Andrew uh, brought out last week, were singled out for the work out with the Gentiles. And so they prayed upon them, and the Holy Spirit sent them out, and, and, and the church commended them and sent them out. And so here we have the, the second part of his missionary journey. They took off in the Mediterranean Sea. They went to Cyprus. They landed in, in, in Turkey and worked their way up to Antioch of Pisidia. Now, our brother uh, Andrew highlighted that in the map. I wish I had a map, but I don't. There's Antioch of Syria where the church was originally founded, uh, 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 where, where Paul and Barnabas were commended. And now they made it all the way to, to uh, Antioch of Pisidia. And chapter 13 dealt with a lot of the circumstances there of Antioch and his preaching to the Jews and and the rejection of the Jews of the good message of the gospel. And they were expelled from Antioch of Pisidia. And here we find Paul and Barnabas now walking just a few miles to Iconium. And so we begin chapter 14. We begin chapter 14. And I want to highlight to you the previous verses in chapter 13. 
In chapter 13, verse, uh, uh, let's, let's pick up in verse 51. It says, but they shook off the dust from their feet. They're living at, leaving Antioch of Pisidia. They shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Undeterred, undiscouraged, or, 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 or they weren't discouraged, I should say, by the persecution, by the trials and tribulations of those who were against the gospel. They were with joy, filled with the Holy Spirit. In chapter 14, there's a lot of themes that run through the entire chapter. And one of them, as in chapter 13, is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the leading of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, none of it was possible. And so one of the things I want to do as we go through this chapter is highlight to these things to your mind. I, I want to, I want to compare these things to our own lives. Because the way the Holy Spirit works in people who are filled with the Holy Spirit is sadly not the way he works in us sometimes. Now, is it because we quench the Holy Spirit? It's possible. Is it it maybe that we're not filled with the Holy Spirit? That's likely. And so, chapter 14 to me is a beautiful example. It's 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 a wonderful pattern to follow. You have two men... Filled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, using the the spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit, not caring for their own well-being, not caring for their own material uh, material needs, and following and leading at whatever cost. The second main principle you see in this chapter is you see the increasing and the incrementing level of persecution. You know, when they were in Antioch of Pisidia, yes, the Jews opposed them, and the, and the Jews and the Jews said, "said No, you need to leave." And, and, and the wives of the Jews would, would 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 talk in the ears of those who were in leadership, and they expelled them from the city. It says, "Well, I mean, they just got kicked out of the city." You know, I mean, that's that's really not that big of a deal. But we see that. The persecution in chapter 14 grows. It goes from being expelled in a city to being ushered out by a mob. To being taken and stoned and left for dead. And yet all this was the will of God. Yet all this was, was the plan And the path of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the main points I want to highlight through all this. Because, listen, when Paul and and Barnabas came to the end where the Holy Spirit said, Hey, you're not going any further. They They went Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Derbe. Doing all the same thing. Preaching the gospel. And when they got to Derbe, the Holy Spirit said, Hey, we're not going to keep going. I want you to go back. And I want you to go back, and I want you to prop up the saints. I want you to build their faith. I want you to strengthen them. And I want you to tell them this. We must suffer many tribulations before you get to the kingdom of God. You must suffer many tribulations before entering the kingdom of God. 
Brothers and sisters, that is true then, and it is true today. And sadly, in this, in this Western church that we live in, in this American church that we live in, somehow we believe that we are exempt from tribulation. We are exempt from persecution. That, that all of a sudden, if, if, if either, it's either our employer, our neighbor, or, or even our government would, 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 would persecute us, how dare they? How dare they persecute me? Brothers and sisters, it is guaranteed to us as children of God to suffer for the name of Christ. To suffer for the name of Christ. To suffer injustices for the name of Christ. It is not our place to cry and say, it is unjust. I need a fair, just treatment. Our job is to follow the Holy Spirit. To be faithful to the Great Commission. To preach His Word. That is our task. That is our calling. We live in a country that, 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 that we've lost the sight of those things. I've gone way too far in my introduction. I apologize. Chapter 14. And so here we have in chapter 14, this first section, verses 1 uh, through, uh, I'm sorry, verses 1 through 7, you have this uh, uh, witness in Iconium. Now, I- Iconium is, is a unique city. And, and I say it's a unique city because it's the only place in the ancient world in which we have a description of the Apostle Paul, by the way. In a, in a, in a, we, there's, there's writings found in that, in that region, in that city, uh, which describe the Apostle Paul. These writings were about 200 uh, AD, you know, 200 uh, 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 years after Christ. And so they're a little far removed, but this is how they described Paul. Said he was a short fellow. Balding, which I like. <laughs> it said that his eyebrows met at the middle. He had a unibrow. That's good. He was bow-legged. So he walked funny. But it says that at times he had the face of a man, but at others... He had the face of an angel. The Apostle Paul left such an impression upon these believers. Such an impression. He had no stately form. In in fact, I I would recommend to you that that Barnabas Barnabas was probably a better looking fellow. Later on, when when they're in, in Lystra and they confuse him for gods, well, they made Barnabas Zeus. The God of all Greek gods. And they made poor little Paul Hermes. Well, I mean, I, I mean, this is all subjection. This is all opinion. But I imagine Barnabas was a, was a tall, quiet fellow, kind of stoic in demeanor. And there was Paul, little, little Paul out there. Yak, 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 yak. But here Paul left such an impression upon the Iconians. And, and, and it says that, 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 that this was the pattern. This is what they did. They, they, they got together and they found a synagogue. 
the synagogue of the Jews. And both Barnabas and Paul went to the synagogue, and there they taught, and there they preached. Now, we've discussed last week of why they potentially have always gone to the synagogue. Whether, whether it's Paul's uh, desire to see his brethren, to see his people come to a saving faith, or simply because th- those are the places in which God-fearing people went. Nonetheless, I think the Spirit of God led them there. You have Spirit-filled and Spirit-led people. Now, one thing I, I, I wanted to highlight, and, and it hit me like a ton of bricks in this in this verse, in verse 1. And, and you read it, and, and most of the times you don't catch it. And it says, and it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and so spoke that a great multitude of both Jews and Greeks believed. Now, I don't want to highlight the fact that a, a multitude both of Greeks and Jews believed. But I want to highlight in your mind the word so. They so spoke. They so spoke. L- l- listen to me. If Paul and Barnabas just went and spoke... Out of their own strength, I, listen, Paul was a Jew of a Jew. Paul was, was, was taught under Gamaliel. Paul knew the Old Testament. Paul can do backflips around the minor prophets. If somebody could talk about these scriptures, Paul can. If Paul can do, Paul can do it out of his own strength. But I tell you, Paul could not change a soul with all the knowledge that he had. But he so spoke, meaning he so spoke with the Spirit of God that there was changed hearts, that there was fruit, there was actual fruit. There was effectiveness in his speaking. And that is the first thing I want to highlight to everyone. To me and to everyone, whenever you stand up, whenever the Lord asks you to so speak, oh, let us speak. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us speak. In the strength. Of his spirit. For what you know. I, my wife will tell you. I say all kinds of things. And they all are nonsense. My prayer this morning. Is, is, is I have been studying that. That phrase. So speak Lord. Lord I. I don't, if I come up here and say two words, but as long as those two words are filled with your spirit, are led by your spirit, that would be enough. Oh, that his people would so speak. You know, yes, we're looking at the Apostle Paul and you say, well, Jamal, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he had a special commission. And listen, you and I are given the same commission the Apostle Paul was. You and I are given the same Holy Spirit. You and I are given spiritual gifts to preach and to teach and to and to admonish and to exhort and to. Are we walking with the Lord? Are we quenching the Holy Spirit? Are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we using the the spiritual gifts that our Lord has given us? For if we do, we will so speak. And the Lord's work will move forward. And we read that they so spoke. And a crowd believed and a multitude believed. 
And we read, of course, here's the opposition. The, the Jews who, it's, it's interesting, the word is there says, it says, but the unbelieving Jews, that, that Greek word is a strong word. It's, it's not just, oh, they didn't believe. It, it, it's, it's uh, uh, this idea of disbelieve willingly and perversely. It's a strong word. It, 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 it's one that, that, it's not just they're, they're disbelieving because of arrogance. They're, they're knowingly and intentionally not believing. That's a scary thing, isn't it? Here are these Jews who have been given the law, who have been given the, the, the oracles of God, who have been raised in it. Here being, being given revelation and light from God by through Paul, through the Holy Spirit. And they willingly, in their hearts, reject it. They reject it. You could call them disobedient Jews. God forbid any of us would act such a way. Anyway, let's move on. Disobedient Jews, and they stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against them. This is nothing new. It happened in chapter 13. Uh, they, 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 they swayed the mob. They swayed the mob. Hey, hey, listen, don't listen to these guys. They don't know what they're talking about. I love verse 3. Verse 3 brings me joy. Here is Paul and Barnabas doing the same thing they did at Antioch of Pisidia. And here it is happening again. Well, they're being opposed. They're being opposed. They're being opposed by, by, by his, by Paul and Barnabas' brethren. They're being opposed. They're being uh, mocked. They're being, they're being spoken against. And verse 13, verse 3, it says, therefore, they stayed there a long time. Speaking boldly. Speaking boldly in the Lord. I, I, I want to stop and say something about boldness. It's seen, one of the main themes in the book of Acts, and, and, and sadly, I don't think we've necessarily been highlighting it, and, and, and I would beg for you to go back and look at, look at the book of Acts. See how often it is said that they spoke in boldness, or they pray for boldness. I, listen, this was a reproach to my heart. I, I, at times, I, I could be so cheapish, Sheepish and cowardly. If my coworker uh, seems to be asking about spiritual things, I'll try to witness to him. And if they shut me down, okay, well, I'm going to go away. Here, Paul and Barnabas, under persecution, remained, not just remained a short time, remained a long time. And they boldly, they boldly preach the Lord. Spirit-filled, spirit-led. Oh, that his people today would be spirit-filled and spirit-led. And we would see boldness, wouldn't we? And, and we wouldn't be so caught up with the, our, 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 our horizontal circumstances. Because, you see, all, all these things that happened to Paul and Barnabas are all attacks of the devil. They're all trying to dissuade him. They're all trying to him to say, oh, 
it's not working. Let's let's go back to Antioch and regroup and figure something else. Maybe there's another evangelistic strategy we need to take. There's too much pushback. No. They were boldly preaching the Lord. Now listen, it goes on. Spirit-filled, spirit-led men, boldly preaching in the Lord. It says, and the Lord bore witness to the word of his grace. What happens when God's people are spirit-filled and spirit-led and open their mouths? The Lord bears witness of himself. Do you get that? When his people are spirit-filled and spirit-led and open their mouths, the Lord bears witness of his grace. Of his grace. And here we have this wonderful, the Lord, how does the Lord bear witness for Paul and Barnabas? Well, he gave them the privilege and the honor of many signs and wonders. And here you have both Paul and Barnabas. We don't, we're not giving details what kind of signs and wonders, but I, I would hearken back to, to when Peter was given that privilege. And it says that, that as Peter walked down the road, people would line up along the side of the street so that maybe just the shadow of Peter would, 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 would hit them. And it says that many were healed. And the Lord was authenticating the message and the messenger with these miracles and signs. Signs pointing to the the, the authority behind the message, which is Jesus Christ. And they performed many signs and wonders. But the multitude in the city was divided. And so they were there a long time. And, and, and as time went on, the tension grew, the tension grew, the tension grew. And it got to a point that it was too much. And some sided with the Jews and some sided with the apostles, it says. But the ones that sided with the apostles, with the Jews eventually stirred up enough crowd. It says that there was an attempt. Now, the, 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 the Greek word there is more than just an attempt. It was almost like a mob rushing in. So a mob rushed at Paul and Barnabas and those believing Jews, believing Jews and Gentile. And now Paul and Barnabas pick up and leave. Now, we can go back and forth and say, well, why why didn't they stay? I I don't know. All I would tell you is that I think the Spirit said, okay, your work here is done. You've made disciples and and, and there's life here. It's time for you to move forward. And Paul and Barnabas left. They, they, they were made aware of the attempt on their life. They were made aware of what the mob and the lynching was going to happen. And they said, okay, it's time for us to go. And they left. And they went down to the next town. Again, spirit-filled and spirit-led men. I, one of the things that I appreciate about this, hey, listen, there, there's not a specific formula for us to write down. So, you know, next time we do an evangelistic, uh, you know, outreach out here in the chapel... And we get some persecution. We go, go Chuck. Okay, this is what's going to happen next. They're going to they're going to rush us. No. Spirit filled and spirit led men, led by the Holy Spirit. They were there. They were being persecuted. They remained a long time. They spoke boldly. They made an attempt. The Holy Spirit said, "Okay, it's time for you to go to the next place." And they went to Lystra. They went to Lystra. Not too far away. They went to Lystra or to the region of, of, of uh, uh, Lyconia, which, which, which is a, a small region, which is actually part of Galatia, by the way. 
uh, which, which I, I, it helps me at least when I put these things together, right? So when Paul gets back to Antioch and he gives his report to the church there, uh, I'm talking about his home church in, in, in Antioch of Syria. I don't want you to get confused. He then sits down to write the letter to the Galatians. He's writing to these people. He's writing both to the church at Lystra, at Derby, and at Iconium. He's writing to these believers. And so he makes it to, to Lystra. And, and then in Lystra, they preach the gospel. It, it, it says they went to the region and they preached the gospel there. Now, we don't have the details like we have in, in, in Iconium where, where they went to the synagogue and they preached and many were saved. It just says that they preached the gospel there. And then we have this another miracle. And, and, and here you have... It's funny, the Spirit is very, very specific in these words. And he uses Luke as he, as he pens these words. He says, hey, there was a man in Lystra without strength in his feet. And I want you to notice, it says three different things to describe this man. He has no strength in his feet. He's crippled from his mother's room, from birth. And he's never walked. Okay, just so we're clear. This guy, his feet are no good, from birth, never walked. What, 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 what's with the details here? Listen, very similar miracle that Peter performed, right? Back in Acts chapter 3, I believe. Man who was crippled from birth. It, it, was, it, was, it was a miracle that was performed that could not be refuted. It was said, it said in Acts chapter 3. And here is the Holy Spirit through Paul doing the same thing. Here's a man who was crippled at his feet from birth, never had walked in the small town of Lystra. Everybody knew that man. Everybody knew that man would be sitting there begging for alms. And it says that he heard Paul preach. He heard Paul preach. And as Paul was preaching, I don't know how, I, I, I don't even want to speculate, but it says that Paul looked upon the man and he saw that he had faith to be healed. What a, what a wonderful thing. I, you know, I, 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 I do some preaching and, and as I preach, I, I can see people's eyes and I can see whether they're tracking with me, whether they're, they're with me, whether they're, they're ready to cry as I'm ready to cry, whether they're laughing when I am laughing. But here, Paul is looking upon this man and seeing that this man has faith to be healed. And the Holy Spirit says, go to that man. Now I tell you, I, 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 I humbly applaud Brother Paul for such faith. To, to, to be able to step into, in front of this man and to command this man who's never walked to stand up. And he did. I mean, could, could you imagine if, if he went up and said, stand up and nothing happens? Oh. I, listen, I, I, I try to put myself in this situation. I, I, would be a, I would be a basket case. Lord, are you sure? Lord, Lord, give me a little sign. Maybe make his foot wiggle a little bit. I, give me something. I, I, listen, I'm like Gideon. Lord, I know you gave me a sign, but could you give me another one? And maybe another one? But Paul just walked up to him and said, hey, stand up straight and stand up. 
And the man leaped and the man uh, walked and, and it, there was a great amazement. And the, the whole city went from speaking Greek to speaking Lyconian. <laughs> and and th- this is the second kind of type of persecution that, that I want to I wanna highlight to, to you guys in your heart. Is that in, in Antioch and in Iconium there was a, a physical persecution. And here I think you have a persecution of the heart. And the devil is very cunning. If you, if, if the devil couldn't scare Paul and Barnabas from doing the work of the Lord by threatening their physical health, I think he went after their hearts. And you may say, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, here is Paul and Barnabas in a, in, in a, in a foreign place, in a mob of people who are speaking a language they do not know, by the way. And there's a lot of commotion. There's this healing that happens. And there's all this commotion. And they're talking a language they don't know. And, 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 and mobs are gathering. And all of a sudden, they see, they see some guy walking down with a couple oxen, with garlands, with, with flower wreaths around their neck. And they're walking. And you're, what is going on? Now, the Holy Spirit gave them discernment and to know what was going on. But I, sometimes I wonder if Paul and Barnabas could have sat there and said, wow, you know, we were being persecuted everywhere we went. Now here we are, and the Gentiles, the unbelieving Gentiles, are honoring us, and they're inviting us to a barbecue. I think this is a nice place. They like what we say. I think I'm going to stick around for a while. And, and, and Barnabas, listen, Barney, imagine how much the gospel can be preached if these people actually honor us. I mean, we've done wonderful works. We've done wonderful things. The Lord's used us mightily. Imagine how much mightier He could use us if, if we're in a place of authority. Do you see how that can very quickly spiral? One, one of the things that, 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 that every child of God should fear is pride. Is pride. For the moment that Paul and Barnabas would have given in to their pride, and, and, and listen, we, we've, we've heard of a similar story in the book of Acts, have we not? Did not Herod sit there and, and, and the crowd said, oh, it's the voice of a God, not a man. And he said, oh, Lord, yes, I'm such a good. Here they are, the servants of the Lord, and they're saying, oh, it's God's coming in the likeness of men. And, the, and, and, and Satan begins to attack their hearts. But I, I love, again, spirit-filled and spirit-led men. I can't say that enough. Spirit-filled and spirit-led men. Not left to their own discernment. Not left to their own wisdom. When they realized what was going on, they ran into the multitudes. They ran into the multitudes and they tore their clothes. They rent their clothes. It's a universal sign of distress. Listen, something's not right. And Paul began to plead with the multitude, plead with the mob, plead with the crowd. His words are very, are very, very, very interesting. Remember, the, the, these are all Gentiles. The, these are these are Zeus worshippers, and he pleads to them to forsake. How does he put it? 
in verse 15, he says, to forsake, to, that you should turn from these useless things. Useless things. I, th- th- that phrase in the Greek is, is, is a strong word. It, it, it's not just a useless thing, it's empty. It, it, it's, it's devoid, it's useless, has no purpose, it's nothingness, vanities. And Paul calls to their heart the uselessness of their, of their idolatry and says, listen, we are but mere men. We are like you. We are flesh and blood. We live, we hunger, we die. We have the same nature. We're here to tell you to, to forsake Zeus and, and Hermes. Forsake these useless things that cannot change a thing. But to call you to the living God. Oh, that, that, that should strike chords in your heart and your mind. Oh, listen, I, idolatry. Those who, who build idols are like them. It says the psalmist would say. They can't speak. They can't see. They can't do anything. They are nothing. But he calls them to the living God. To not a God that you bow down to, that you have to stand back up in case he falls. But to the living God, who created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, he says. And he says, listen, God has left a witness for you. You know this in your heart. Romans chapter 1 speaks of this. Romans chapter 2 speaks of this. Listen, every single person upon this earth knows that there is a God in their heart. In, in this world, knows that there is a creator. Yes, their light may be small, but there is light nonetheless. They know that there is a God who created, a God who provides, a God who is good. And Paul hearkens to their heart and says, hey, leave these useless things, leave these worthless things, and turn to the one who is living and true. And it says, scarcely. Scarcely could he stop them from sacrificing to them. Now, the, the ironic thing with all this is here you have a Gentile mob ready to worship, edify, and magnify, and make Paul and Barnabas gods. And yet in two verses, they take Paul and stone him. That's, that's very quick, right? Now, I, I, I'd only, I, I'm not going to spend too much time there, but I, I would highlight this. If the world seems to be your friend as a believer, if the world seems to say, hey, you guys are doing great. You guys are wonderful people. We love you guys. Hey, don't be, don't be, don't, don't be surprised when it quickly turns to hatred. Don't be surprised that, that, that it'll go from, from, from friendship to hatred in a blink of an eye. For we are not of this world. They hate us because they hated him. That's the, that's the reality. Uh, and the church needs to understand these things. The world hated him. And listen, they're going to hate you. And so here they took Paul. The, the Jews from Antioch and, and Iconium followed Paul. And, and, they, and they got to, to Lystra. And they, they riled up the people and convinced them. And you may say, well, why, why is it the Jews? Well, how do we know the Jews put him up for it? Well, number one, it says, and number two is that they stoned him. The Gentiles didn't execute people by stoning them. Stoning is a very much Jewish way of execution. 
Here, the Jews convinced the Gentiles to stone Paul. And they grabbed him and they dragged him out, 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 outside. Now, there, there's some debate whether Paul actually died and was resurrected or whether he was just very, very critically ill or, or injured and uh, was just getting up. Now, I will tell you that I don't think he died in this instance because it says, supposing he died, right? The, the, the Holy Spirit is very specific when he writes his word. And just Well, I'll point you to the example of the lame man with, with, with feet. He says, hey, listen, he was crippled from his mother's womb. His feet didn't work, and he never walked, right? Like three, three proofs I want to give you. Right? What, what Paul says, hey, supposing he was dead, they took him outside and threw him in the dump. So I don't think he was dead. But what, what I do want to highlight is this. is after the mob was done with Paul, mistreating him. By the way, all the will of God, all led by the Holy Spirit, Dragged Paul threw him in, into the, the, the pile of garbage outside the city. And all the disciples, and that's the beautiful thing of this. Despite of all the persecution, despite of all that is going, going on here in Lystra, they're still true, genuine disciples and believers because of the work being done by Paul and Barnabas. And there they gathered together looking at Paul, or quote-unquote lifeless body, and wondering what they're going to do. Now, I highlight this because we don't know how many disciples were there. There could have been four. And I say four because I, I know three of them, including Barnabas, or, or plus Barnabas. And you may say, who? Well, you ever heard of a lady named Lois and Eunice? And they had a young man named Timothy. You know where they were from? Lystra. And then other brethren as well. So like if you look at chapter 16, verse 1, it says, and, and, and this is the second missionary journey of Paul. It says, they came to Derby, Lystra. There's Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek and so forth. And, and, and uh, he was well spoken by the brethren who were at Lystra. Now, I, I, I highlight that because I, I could you imagine the impression that this scene left on little young Timothy? This man came from afar, came to our town. He preached this this good news, this gospel of God coming down to earth, walking as a man, performing miracles, and then willingly dying on a criminal's cross for the sins of my heart. And now here is the man who brought this message to me, stoned to death in the pile of garbage. And Paul gets up and says, let's go back into the city. Go back to the city. Paul, you, you need time to heal. Why don't you go out to the wilderness and, and, and heal and, and take some time? Nope. Let's go back to the city. And he goes back to the city. Oh, the impression it must have left on that young mind. So when, when, when Paul came back around, Timothy forsook all and, and ran with Paul. To see the faith lived out in such a way. Spirit-filled, spirit-led men. What, what, what boldness. It says that the next day they went to Derby. I, well, I mean, again, 
Me and my wife, we, we've been talking about, we've been going and going and going. We have something going on every weekend and, and, and work is, is busy and, and man, we just, we just need a day. We just need a day. Here's Paul. Paul, you just got stoned yesterday. What do you want to do today? Let's hike 18 miles to Derby. The Lord's got work there to do. Man, what, 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 man, does that strike my heart? I hope it strikes your heart too. I, l- listen, brothers and sisters, we are to redeem the time. The time that we are, we, we have is given to us by our Lord and, and we're to use it for His purposes. And Paul, now, now you may say, well, was there a miracle done? Well, listen, I, we don't know whether Paul popped up, the Lord healed his wounds, and, and he carried on. Or, Paul popped up and still had all these wounds. And Paul still went and walked 18 miles to Derby. Now, is there a miracle there? Yeah, absolutely there's a miracle there. Where do you think Paul got the strength to walk from, 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 from Lystra to Derby, all, all banged up and bruised? It's not his strength. It's the strength of the Lord. It's just the Holy Spirit who gives you the strength. No waste of time. No waste of time. And, and, and again, I, I'm winding down because I'm way out, I'm way past time and I thank you for your patience, but, but they get to Derby and, and it's just a footnote. The Lord is gracious in this. He says, they went to Derby and they preached the gospel in that city and made many disciples. Now, it doesn't say that they were persecuted or there was, there, there was great trial and tribulation. The Lord maybe gave, gave Paul and Barnabas a little reprieve from all the, all the hardship. But then says, they returned. By the way, do I honestly believe it was their idea? I honestly don't think so. If you look at a map, they, 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 here's Antioch. They went across the sea to Cyprus. They went up here. They went up and they worked their way here. Like, like, like here's Derby. It's probably about a hundred something miles of walk to Antioch of Syria. No, we're going to go back another 180 miles the way we came. But Paul, you, you've been stoned. You've been run out of cities. You're going back to places where, where they tried to kill you. Listen, spirit-filled, spirit-led men doing the work of the Lord. They went through preaching the gospel one way and then went back exhorting, confirming, and warning, and commending the people. I wish I could spend more time on those four points. You, you, you see him there. It's, it's a wonderful work of the Lord. Verse 22, it says, they strengthened or, or commanded the souls of the disciples. They exhorted, they built up to continue in the faith. They warned him that we must, uh, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And in verse 23, the, 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 uh, the appointed elders in every church. And verse 24, uh, and I'm sorry, at the end of verse 23, it says, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. I could, I, there could be a whole message in each of those points. But here is Paul leading, the, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Doing the things that is asked of him. Difficult things. Hard things. Never complaining. And he went, he went back the way he came. Doing the work of the Lord. And, and, and you, you know, sometimes I, I pause and think, I'm like, I wonder when, when Paul got back to Lystra, the very place where, where he was physically, physically assaulted. And there he gathered in, in maybe the house of, of Lois. 
And there was young Timothy listening and capturing every word. And, and, and they're trying to, the, the, the word commend, by the way, it's, it's one where, where, where to come alongside and to pick up and to walk with, almost like a yoke. And, and Paul and Barnabas sat there to equip the saints. And, and when they spent the time there, they said, okay, now, now we have to go into Iconium and do the same thing. I wonder if Paul in his heart hesitated. Oh, I hope they're going to be okay. They're such a small young group. They're, they're, they're so young in the faith and they're, they're in such a difficult place. That's my thinking, I think. For it says they commended him to the Lord who saved them. It's not Paul's church. It's not, it's not anybody's church. It is the Lord's church. He upholds it by the word of his power. He, he is the one who sustains it. It's his church. All right, then the last point, I promise. They, wait, they work their way back, and, and, and Paul, again, an encouragement, works his way back, ends up in Perga. I guess they hadn't stopped at Perga before. And so when you stop at Perga, what do you do? Hey, let's, we got to go preach the gospel. And so they preach the gospel in Perga. But, but, but Adelai is just over there, the seaport. We need to, we need to get back on a boat to get back. We're going to preach the gospel. They preach the gospel. They finally make it to Adelai. They get on a boat. They get, make it back to Antioch. And this is the word that I want you to, to leave you on. In verse 26, the end of 26, it says, uh, it says, from, from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they have, what's that word? Fulfilled, completed. Fulfilled and completed. Oh, that, listen, brothers and sisters, I, I, that, that is my prayer of my life, Lord. Lord, let me fulfill the work that you have for me. Let your people... Fulfill what you have for them in their hands. What you have placed in their hands, Lord, let them do your work. So that when we stand before the throne of heaven, he will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Paul and Barnabas were commended to the work and they went and they fulfilled it. They completed it. I don't know about you, but that's not true of my life at times. Can I say I've completed the work of the Lord that He has given me? No. Most of the times I'm too busy with my own things. Or I forget to be a people about His work. To be His people who are filled and led by His Spirit and that complete His work. Let us pray. Our Lord and Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, that you, you've come to this earth, Lord, to, to, uh, uh, to die on a criminal's cross that, that we wretched sinners, we who were enemy, we who are dead in our trespasses and sins could be redeemed and made children of God. Lord, but you did not leave us when you resurrected and you did not leave us without a helper, but you left us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. One who abides one who is the, the, the seal of our promise. One who, 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 who makes intercession for us. Who fixes our prayers. Uh, Father, we, we, 
We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us to be a people who are filled and who are led by your Holy Spirit. Let us uh, be your hands and feet, Lord. Help us in all these things. I ask all these things in his precious name. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen.